The key to success is always to give 100% and relentlessly pursue your goals with a laser focus, right? Burnout culture has risen as a reality that many are wrestling with as they look to advance their careers. In this episode, we explore the idea of oscillation and how to exert the right amount of effort at the right time and towards the right goals so that you can sustainably achieve your career aspirations. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Progress Over Perfection Coaching Podcast. My name is Patrick Dedrick, and I'm the founder of Progress Over Perfection Coaching and your host, and I want to thank you for listening in. Progress Over Perfection Coaching is a podcast focused on career management and development by offering insight on how to build an intentionally balanced and purpose-filled career. Now, it's been a little longer than normal since our last episode, actually a bit longer than I would have liked. To be honest, it's because there have been some other things going on in life that have taken my attention and energy away from this podcast. After I missed my normal cadence of posting an episode, which I tried to target for about every two weeks, I got pretty down on myself and started to feel pressure mounting like I was failing at something. And that got me thinking, why do I feel bad about this? In past episodes, I brought on guests that have talked about how to pace your work and how it will shift over time. And I've mentioned topics and ideas around career planning that highlight that your career as a whole is a marathon and not a sprint. And that it's unrealistic to expect that you can go 100 miles per hour at all times. In my very first episode, I even talked about rejecting the idea of a 24-7 grind culture. So, why did I find myself so stressed over falling behind on a self-imposed cadence that clearly wasn't sustainable, given everything else going on in my life? Reflecting back on some advice I'd gotten a little over a year ago from my now manager, it brought up what I feel had to be my next topic, oscillation, or the idea that there will be peaks and valleys in your career a kind of tempo where you give more and place more focus and move faster than during other points in your career. The counterbalance to that surge of emphasis is a period of lesser focus or periods of slower pace where you fill in your life with other important things, be it family or friends or even just self-care. That's not to say that you out and out quit certain parts of your life, but you focus your attention where you need it most and you should do so intentionally and guilt-free, which is a lot easier said than done. So, in the spirit of embracing oscillation, here are some tips and approaches for how you can incorporate this idea into your own career to frame up how you spend your energy, where you spend it, and why it's important to you. Now, the concept of oscillation here isn't unique at all, and we see this concept of patterns or tempos exist in nature and our everyday lives. Be it the seasons of the year, your body's need to inhale and exhale, and even the duality of wakefulness and sleep, a cyclical nature of effort and rest is all around us. However, for some reason, it seems like when it comes to thinking about careers, that natural inevitability just doesn't seem to apply. In my experience, and from what I've seen in myself and others, there's a belief that there's only one speed in your career, and that that leads to the relatively prevalent burnout culture that's all the rage in LinkedIn articles. Referring back to when I received that advice that triggered the concept of oscillation, I was at a point where I'd been working in a role that was very operationally focused for about three years. My role was very focused on monthly cycles of activity, and there were regular deliverables to ensure that key performance indicators were moving in the right direction. And if they weren't, I'd better be able to explain why. The work was rewarding, but especially during the well-publicized supply chain chaos that was the COVID surge in 2020, It was very taxing work, both mentally and emotionally, and I knew that at that pace, I was headed towards burnout. 
So when I was ready to look for another role and was talking to others about what I was interested in, I actually felt somewhat guilty or sheepish as I tried to find a way to describe a role that was less intense. That's when I spoke with my now manager. He quickly read between the lines and matter-of-factly brought up the idea of oscillation. Of course I needed a change of pace. In his mind, intense roles should always be mindfully balanced with ones that allowed for a different pace. There should absolutely still be development and career advancement, but not necessarily in the same vein. There are other aspects of one's career that can be furthered without having to crank it up to 11 all the time. Thankfully, I was able to move into a role that gave me the opportunity for development and space to breathe and explore other aspects of how I wanted to further my career. This role was less tactical and more strategic. It was less cyclical in nature and had more white space to create something new. It was actually about a little less of me doing the work and more of me managing the work. It actually was exactly what I needed in order for me to find balance at work and in my career as a whole. Now, in thinking about how to plan oscillation into your career, some helpful analogies that exist in athletics are periodization and progressive training. Periodization refers to changing up your training variables so that you don't end up overtraining any one specific muscle group or muscle. This can mean changing up your rep scheme and weights. Typically, there are cycles of varying intensity that build up to pushing through a previous plateau. The idea being that it's only by gradually and intentionally building a strong foundation that you can push through to exceed your previous limits. Quite literally, you're building muscle. In a career sense, this can be thought of as diversifying where you're spending your energy and developing your career so as to not overtrain any one particular skill or get burnt out from only relying on one skill or activity to propel you forward. Then, when you're ready for the next big thing, the breadth of experiences you've been training on will help you to get there, rather than just on the most obvious skill. One example of this could be, maybe you've got a big presentation that you know is coming up in a couple of months that focuses on breaking down market trends to suggest where your company should strategically invest in a new factory. And your role and forte is around financial analysis and modeling. Now, while this is going to be key, if you only focus on financial analysis and modeling for your presentation, then while that will be very well polished, you could overextend in that area and completely miss out on how you show up in the presentation. Your presence, how to read the audience, and even potentially any background on who is in the audience and what they may be interested in hearing. So using this approach, you might intentionally spend some of your time preparing for the presentation on looking into who will be in the presentation, networking with them and maybe those in the functions they represent to understand what's important to them, and maybe spending some time focusing on a presentation course or maybe some coaching to make sure that you show up as best as possible to present your ideas. Now, you don't neglect the analysis that you're expected to deliver, but you diversify your quote-unquote training for the presentation to make sure that you are as uh, conditioned as possible. Now, another way to think about oscillation in your career can be barred from distance running and the concept of progressive training. When training for a race, something like a half or a full marathon, Progressive training plans have you space out your training. You don't just go out there and run 26.2 miles, and you definitely don't train for that distance by running 26.2 miles every time you get in a run. Progressive training plans space out your distance runs, typically one a week, and they punctuate the in-between with shorter distance runs. Each week then, your long runs get longer. Typically, your shorter ones do as well, but rarely more than one or two miles a week. The idea being that you gradually build up endurance, and it's only with the rest that you take that you're able to truly acclimate your body to those longer distances. The rest days or short runs are key to make sure that you don't overtrain so that your body doesn't burn out and you don't get injured. Now, I feel particularly silly having overlooked this analogous, 
analogous example when it came to career planning and energy expenditure, as I just concluded a marathon training program that culminated in running my first marathon this past March. I could feel when my body needed rest days and was thankful for those short recovery runs. At no point did I actually find myself feeling guilty for taking a short run. It seems like I should have more readily connected the signal from my body to when I was feeling a sense of shame for taking my foot off the gas a little bit when it came to posting podcast episodes. When I boiled down what made this training plan work for me, it was the fact that there actually was a plan and some intentionality behind it. That's what I was missing when it came to working on this podcast. I hadn't given myself the permission or freedom to take some rest days because I didn't have a plan. So while analogies are all well and good and make logical sense, the question that still remains is how to actually put this into action. I'll offer up a few ways to approach this. None of them are meant to be definitive, and I've used each of them to some degree in balancing my own life and career. One of my favorite ways to put this into perspective is to start with a pretty well-known tool or exercise called the Wheel of Life. It's a pretty common tool and very easy to evaluate your own situation quickly. You start with a circle and divide it into eight slices. Then, in each slice, you write a facet of your life that's important to you. Common examples of these facets include personal growth, career, relationships, finances, health, spirituality, friendships, and hobbies. Then, on a scale of 1 to 10, usually 1 being the lowest and 10 being the highest, you rate where you feel you stand in each of these areas. A 1 might mean that you feel that you're completely neglecting that aspect of your life, and a 10 could mean that there's nothing for you to improve upon, and you're exactly where you want to be. For example, if I put a 7 for health, then it might mean that I'm not in terrible shape, but there might be other aspects of my health that I could improve upon, like sleep quality or stress management. Then maybe I have a 5 for friendships, meaning that I have some close connections with friends, but maybe don't meet with them quite as often as I'd like. One very important thing to note is that this is not a ranking. You can have more than one rating of each number, and you should evaluate each facet independently and then rate it accordingly. Then, once you have your ratings for each slice, you get to decide which one or maybe two are the most important to you right now. These are the ones that you want to place focus on and direct your energy towards. Now that doesn't mean that you neglect all the other slices, just that you're going to be selective about which ones you focus on right now and give yourself the grace to ease off on the other slices. When deciding which ones to focus on, you don't necessarily need to select the one or two with the lowest score. You absolutely can use that as a way to direct your energy, and that way of thinking about things might very well be the most effective for you with where you are. But that doesn't necessarily need to be the case. So from the previous example, let's say with my health at a seven and friendships at a five, it might be that I'm okay with friendships being at a five for now. It might not be ideal, but maybe what's most important to me is getting my health to an eight or nine because I'm training for a race. So I might choose to focus there and be okay with maintaining my friendships at a five. The beauty of this tool is that it allows the flexibility to think about the wheel any way that you like. These aren't hard and fast facets to consider, and you can apply this concept to any particular aspect of your life. You can go deep on any one. For example, maybe I want to make a wheel of career. Then I can put different things that are important to my career in each slice, like work-life balance, compensation, visibility in the organization, business travel. You get the idea. Now, the next tool I want to talk about for intentionally planning out how and where to spend your energy should really come as no surprise, as I feel like I talk about it in nearly every episode. I'm, of course, talking about Ikigai, or rather, the way of thinking about Ikigai related to your career that I've detailed at length in this podcast. 
As a reminder, Ikigai in the career sense refers to the intersection of what you love to do, what you're good at, what the world or your current company needs, and what you can be paid for. That perfect intersection is the rare unicorn of a dream job for you, and in all honesty, it might not actually exist. However, if you catalog different experiences or skills that fit into these dimensions, then you can chart a course for yourself to better understand roles or professions that might be desirable to you in your pursuit of a fulfilling and purposeful career. Again, in all reality, you may not find a role that meets all of your needs that you outline. But if you have an inventory of aspects of a career that are important to you in these dimensions, then that means you can intentionally seek out roles that get you what you need or what you want and when you need or want it. An example of how you might put this into use for yourself with regards to oscillation might look something like this. Say you've been pushing hard to climb in seniority in your role in financial analysis, to borrow from the previous example. And it allows you to leverage your skills for analytical thinking and scenario planning, both of which you excel at and you've quickly been promoted a couple of times in the last few years, which has gotten you closer to the level of responsibility that you want. Now, you manage a team that's remotely located all around the world. However, this has required long hours most nights and some on the weekends to coordinate work between time zones, as well as all the work that goes along with leading a team and developing individuals, which has significantly hampered your social life. Now, for your next role, you're thinking you may need to find something with a little more balance because you're to a point where you want to start to find a partner and build a family. And you definitely won't be able to do that if you continue along your current trajectory. You don't want to abandon the path you're on, but there simply aren't enough hours in the day for you to exert the same level of effort into your profession while also carving off time to focus on your personal life. One way you can keep some momentum moving with your career while also helping you to focus on the rest of your life might be to look for a role that meets other aspects of your Ikigai map. This might include a slight shift away from growing in responsibility, but not necessarily shifting away from the financial analysis that you're great at. This could mean maybe looking for a similar role, but in an individual contributor capacity. By not having to coordinate meetings at all hours to try and get everyone aligned, and by not having to connect with direct reports, you might find that your calendar frees up and you get to keep a more manageable 40-hour work week. So, you're not abandoning your career in favor of other parts of your life, but it shows how you can mindfully shift where you're spending your energy to get you what you need. You're still giving 100%, but you're changing the allocation of your time and attention. Now, this all sounds great in theory, and if all the stars aligned perfectly every time we all looked for our next opportunity, then I likely wouldn't be recording this episode. The truth is, even with using something like Ikigai as a tool to help you, the process of figuring out what you want and how to go about achieving it is a much longer and more involved process than this last simplified example suggests. Like most things, though, the effort seems much more manageable when the process is incorporated into a more regular routine and it's not treated like an event. So instead of trying to bust out your one-time, quote-unquote, forever ikigai career plan over a weekend, or maybe over the span of a week, it's helpful to build it over time and check and adjust as you change and your circumstances change. For more details on how to approach ikigai, if you haven't already, I invite you to check out episodes one through five of this podcast. I walk you through in much more detail how to build your own ikigai career plan, along with how to think about applying it and communicating it to others. Links to those episodes will be in the show notes for your convenience. Now, along the same vein of applying focus and energy to specific aspects of your career or life during periods in time, a client I was working with recently brought up an analogy that I found particularly applicable. 
they were saying that they felt a certain pressure to advance in their career now and over the next couple of years. They were adamant that this was the time to push hard in this area because they were anticipating their relationship with their significant other was going to move to the next level soon, and they then wanted to start a family. At that point, they knew they wanted to devote their focus and energy to those parts of their life. The analogy they used was that they were in a season of their life where work and professional advancement was their focus, and they knew that the next season of their life was going to shift priority to a personal relationship and starting a family. I love this way of proactively planning oscillation through the lens of seasons. They were intentionally devoting a disproportionate amount of their time on their career because they knew that they were going to allocate their time differently in the next season of their life. To continue the analogy a little further, the great part about thinking about things this way is that it doesn't mean that they're done with focusing on their career. Seasons are cyclical, so they'll get another chance to focus on their career when that particular season comes around again. Now, the last perspective I'll share on this idea is one that I've used to some degree for a number of years that helps me to keep both in check how many things I'm holding to be a priority, while also acknowledging the need to cycle through different facets of a career. It's the analogy of juggling. Now, with this analogy, I try to keep myself to only prioritize three things at once. These are things that I know I can't let drop for whatever reason, at least not now. This doesn't mean that I devote all of my time and attention to all three of these things at once, but over the course of a week or a month or maybe even longer, these are three things that I'll cycle through as top priorities. Sometimes I may need to give more to one area than another, but I'm never letting any one of these things fully drop. For me right now, my three facets I'm juggling are my performance at work, my side passion project, which includes coaching and this podcast, and my personal health and fitness. And I kind of cheat because I take for granted that my family takes top priority. It's one thing that I don't give myself the grace or freedom to take my eyes off of, but those three things are always at least in part top of mind for me. Now, the great thing about this mental approach is that I already have a short list of where to spend my energy when I may need a little breather or break from one of these top priorities. I know where I can lean into if I need to safeguard against burnout in one particular area while still feeling productive. Now, to circle back to the very beginning of this episode, I'd shifted a lot of my energy to my work over the past couple of months, which meant that I simply didn't have much energy to spend on this podcast. And frankly, my workout routine had suffered a little bit as well. But knowing that this podcast and staying in shape are priorities, it made it easy to know where I could feel good about allocating some of my energy to get back into more balance. In this most recent instance, I was able to recalibrate my energy by taking a couple of vacation days where I could oscillate away from work and emphasize the other things that are important to me. And as with any of the perspectives I share in these kinds of episodes, none of these are ways of thinking about oscillation are meant to be followed to the letter. The hope is that if there was an idea or maybe a part of an idea that I shared that you liked, that you can incorporate it into your own way of thinking about managing your career. And just remember, just because you have some of these ways of thinking in your tool belt doesn't mean that everything's going to get easier on its own. It's through repetition of use, iteration, and evolution of these ideas that meet your needs even if they change, that's going to allow you to develop into your most meaningful career. Now, while I do hope that these ideas are somewhat helpful, I do want to direct you to some other resources that could be useful that offer up some complementary perspectives. First is an episode from one of my favorite podcasts, Hidden Brain. In their episode, The Obstacles You Don't See, part of their recent Success 2.0 series, Lauren Nordgren talks about an alternate way to approach progressing towards your objectives. Conventional wisdom says that output or results have a direct correlation 
to the effort or energy expended in achieving those outputs. In other words, the harder you work or the more you do, the greater the outcome. Nordgren challenges this paradigm with his research that shows that often it's more effective to remove obstacles or friction that might be standing in your way from achieving your goals rather than doubling down on the effort that you put towards it. I thought this was particularly insightful and thought-provoking when thinking about career advancement and the idea that you don't necessarily need to barrel headfirst in only one direction to progress professionally. Sometimes, looking for what could be standing in the way and trying to remove that, even if it means deviating from a direct path, can get you closer to your goals. Now, the other resource is another podcast episode from one of my other favorites, The Art of Coaching. Episode 273, The Productivity Myth, Tips for Making Sustainable Progress Without Sacrificing Your Sanity, has some great perspectives around this idea of oscillation and challenges the notion that rest or recovery looks the same for everyone. Not only does this episode highlight the need to not only always be giving 100% towards your goals or that you always need to be moving, but it also shares some interesting thoughts around how to translate that into action. It also acknowledges that we're all not all wired the same, and there's no one-size-fits-all approach to either being productive or being at rest that applies to everyone. I'll put links to both of these episodes in the show notes if you want to check them out for yourself. I highly recommend not only both of these particular episodes, but these two podcasts more generally. And that'll do it for this episode. I hope that if you're in need of some oscillation, then what I've shared can, at least in part, be helpful. And if this is something that you're currently working through for yourself and you're in need of some help, I'd love to hear from you to see if I can help you get to where you want to go. So if you'd like to connect or if you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, don't hesitate to reach out to me at patrick at prgscoach.com. And with that, I'll sign off with a certain type of perfection can only be realized through a limitless accumulation of the imperfect. Thanks again for listening in and we'll talk more in our next episode.